0: Believable, yeah it is hard to believe that we are just literally less than two weeks away from christmas and i don't know if your life is anything like mine but i feel like man now that we're in the christmas season like there is just chaos and hecticness it's just i mean it is just like not enough time in the day and it's cold what in the world is up with the cold because i'm not complaining I was watching on Twitter this morning, and some of my friends who pastor, like, in Minneapolis were like, 16 inches of snow. <laughs> okay, two words, not it. <clears throat> mm-mm, mm-mm. Glad I live here. I'll take this cold. So, anyway, I, I don't know but you're like me, but, man, I, I don't know if you have that feeling that, like, once we're in the Christmas season, that it's just like, man, oh, man, there's not enough hours, uh, you know, in, in the day, and, and it's crazy, but, but I'll be honest with you, in spite of all of the hecticness and chaos and craziness that is the Christmas season, I love Christmas. I love this time of year. I I love the fact that it's uh, that it the whole world, like to use a musical term, crescendos into December the twenty fifth. I love that, and some of us are already feeling this around our, our lives right now. Like, there's this, there's this build, isn't there? Like, the pace of our culture begins to speed up. The, 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 the energy of our, of our city starts to build up. It's like our, our whole world crescendos to December the 24th. And then on December the 25th, it's as if, like, this holy sort of stillness, this holy hush, this pause, hits our land. And for one day, there's peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. I love that. And see, here's what I believe about the Christmas season. I believe that the Christmas season is not just special for for our culture. I, I, I believe that the Christmas season isn't just a special time because all of the big businesses in America deem it to be so. I think that Christmas is a special time because God deems it to be so. I mean, think about it, when other time on the calendar do we take like 30 days, and now actually a lot more than that, but an entire month, and put Jesus Christ as the focus? And of course, the pushback to that is now, Matt, come on, seriously, bro, it's, you know, it's commercialization of the holiday that's made it more than just one day, and it made it so long, and sales, and Black Friday, and all that, okay, Matt, come on, and yes, that's true, but here's, here's what I want us to key in on today. What if it's not? What if it's not just commercialism that makes this time of year what it is? What if God wants to speak to us? What if God wants to do something special in us at Christmas time like he does at no other time of the year? What if you and I as his people, as his followers, sons and daughters of God, came into the Christmas season with that kind of an expectation. An expectation that said, Jesus, this is a season where our whole society puts you at the forefront. And so Jesus, as as your child, I'm going to come into this season believing that you want to say some things, that you want to do some things that would be uncommon. Jesus, I'm coming into the Christmas season this year believing that you're going to do the unexpected, do the supernatural. What if God wants to come near and visit us during this season of the year and do the miraculous? Personally, I believe he does. I believe that at Christmas time, God is near to our whole world, but Especially to those of us who are Christians. So, the question for us that we're going to begin to discuss today and into the next couple of Sundays is how do we position our lives to hear? We're we're beginning a series this morning called Do You Hear? And more accurately, the question is how do We hear, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the the hecticness and the craziness of the season, how do you and I position ourselves to hear what God would want to say to us this Christmas? How do we do that? What does it look like? Is it possible? Is it possible to go through the holiday season and not want to kill each other? Is it possible to, to, to go through this Christmas season and not forget about the Jesus that it's supposed to be all about? What if? God wants to come near and do something special in us and say something supernatural and uncommon and unexpected and do the miraculous in our lives this Christmas. Do we hear? If you brought your Bible I'd love for you to turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 10. Starting in verse 38, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. If you don't have your Bible, that's fine. The verses will be on the screens around me. You'll be able to follow along. Because I want us to to key in on a a passage of Scripture today that, honestly, doesn't have much to do with the biblical account of the Christmas story. In fact, where we're going to look today is actually some 30-odd years after the whole manger incident. So uh, this is, Jesus is a grown man. He's in the midst of his ministry. His disciples are with him. They're traveling from place to place, town to town, ministering, teaching a a new way of thinking, a new belief system, a new way of life, uh, establishing their ministry. Jesus and his disciples are smack dab in the middle of all of that, where we pick up the story in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Let's read it together. It says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, pause right there. On the surface, this can seem inconsequential. That Jesus would stop at a woman named Martha, and we'll find out she has a sister named Mary, at their house while he's on the way. That again, at a surface level reading, we go, yeah, 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 okay, great. He stopped off, you know, and spent the afternoon at some lady's house, maybe into the evening. Had a couple of meals, the disciples were there, and on they went. This may seem inconsequential, but, but think about it this way. Jesus has three years. That's less time than a president serves uh, of the United States serves in one term of office. Jesus has just three years, roughly 1,200 days, to establish a ministry that will, will carry on, not just nationally, worldwide for the next 2,010 plus years. So for Jesus to stop... For one afternoon, one evening, for for Jesus to give one day to visit with this Martha lady is crazy. This is no small matter. This is a big deal. Jesus has decided, Martha, to come to your house. Jesus has said, listen... I'm coming to your house. I want to to meet with you. I'm going to carve in a period of time, a moment in time, a season of time, where I'm going to come near to you, Martha. I'm coming to your house to individually speak with you, teach you, engage and interact with you and your family. So Jesus comes, continuing on, verse 39. She, speaking of Martha, had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. So Mary is there, Jesus comes into the house, he begins to teach, and he's sitting down, and Martha com- or Mary comes and sits at the feet of Jesus while he's teaching. Verse 40, this doesn't sit well with Martha, look. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Okay, again, at a surface level reading, you go, yeah, 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 okay, she was in the kitchen cooking, so what? Watch. The Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, Jesus, decides to come to your house. For for one day, for one moment, Jesus comes to make a holy visitation. Jesus comes, Martha, to, to be in your house, to interact with you, to teach you. He is present for one day. He is there for just a small period of time. And you're in the kitchen? Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Holy One, Holy One, is in the other room. And you're cooking potatoes? It says that she was distracted by all of the preparations. Now, it's easy for us some 2,000 odd years later to look on Martha and be like, shame, shame, I know your name, and so does the whole wide world because they wrote it down in the Bible. Okay, it's easy for us now to look on and think that. It's easy for us to to start judging up on Martha and be like, Martha, come on, Are are you kidding? The Son of God comes near. The Son of God comes to your house. And you're making sure that the the, the dishes are clean? What are you doing? It's easy for us now to look on to someone like Martha and stand in judgment. But the reality is, if we're being honest with ourselves, each one of us, for telling the truth, have a way of being distracted by all of the preparations as well, don't we? especially at Christmas time. The truth is, when it comes to Christmas, tis the season for distraction, isn't it? I don't know about you, but it's true with me. And I, I get in a season like this, and I get going so fast and moving and, and, and worried and go from party to, to party to presents to lights to Christmas tree ornaments to Christmas trees to, to, to all of these things. That all of the details and preparations of Christmas, they can, they can become a distraction, can't they? Tis the season of distraction. And for Martha, that's where she found herself. She found herself in this, this place of, of, of letting the preparations become a distraction. And how many of us do the very same thing at Christmas time that God has chosen this time of year, this special season, to come near and do something uncommon and unexpected, something supernatural and miraculous in our lives and in our hearts? And yet, how many of us get distracted by the preparations? So there's Martha. Jesus the son of God is in her home and he's teaching he's interacting the disciples are there Mary's at his feet and Martha is just in the kitchen. And I mean, she's just going crazy. Can't you see it? She's she's got to hang the lights, and we got to put up the Christmas tree, and we got to make sure we go to Amazon.com because they have free shipping only until midnight tonight. We got to make sure. And if we're going to get a gift wrap, then it's going to be four dollars. And if we are, what's the card going to say? If they ship it to us, and are they going to get there? And then will the kids open it up if it comes in? All of the distractions. And there's Martha in her kitchen, just going and going and going and going, and all these distractions until finally she's just so worked up that she can't take it anymore. So she's getting mad. So she comes out. Check this out, verse forty. She came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all of the work by myself? Don't you care, Lord, that Mary's just sitting there at your feet, just sitting there while I'm in there making the turkey and making the stuffing and making the dumplings. I'm putting up the tree and I'm hanging the life. Lord, don't you even care? Look what Jesus is back to in verse 41. He says, Martha, Martha, you're so worried and upset about so many things. But only one thing is needed. In this season, only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. See, if we're not careful, the distractions of Christmas can make us miss... What Jesus cares about most. It's interesting that Martha asks Jesus the question Don't you care? Don't you care, Lord? She is so fed up with her sister just sitting there. She's so fed up that she has to be the one to take care of all of the preparations. She's so distracted by the preparations. she comes to Jesus in desperation, she says, don't you care? Of course, though, in hindsight, perhaps a better question to have asked Jesus in that moment was not, don't you care? Perhaps a more accurate and better question to ask Jesus in that moment would be, Jesus, what do you care about? In a moment like this, in a season like this, where you've decided to come near to us, Jesus, what do you care about? Is it the hustle and the bustle? Is it it the preparations and all that distracts us in a season like this? Jesus, is that what you care about at Christmas? What do you care about? Is it all of that? Or is it something else? See, I believe that at a season like this, like we're in today, the Christmas season, I believe that Jesus cares about some things The first one that I would submit to you that Jesus cares about is stewardship He basically looks at Martha and says Martha you're missing the point Martha You're not being a good steward of your time I'm here For one day in your living room, I'm here to engage you, interact with you, to to personally minister to you. Martha, there's a yes, there's a thousand and one things you could be doing. Martha, you're not being a good steward of what I've given you. And I would submit to every one of us listening today or watching in another environment today, I would submit to us today that at Christmas time, Jesus still cares about wise stewardship. Is it possible that Jesus cares about how you and I spend our time this year? Is it possible that Jesus cares about how you and I spend our money this year? How we steward what's been entrusted to us? Is it, what if? What if Jesus doesn't care about us spending money we don't have on things we don't need to impress people we don't know? What if Jesus doesn't want us to go into debt to finance our Christmas this year? See, I think Jesus cares about stewardship in a season where he's come near. The second thing I think Jesus cares about is people, that all of the distractions of the preparations for Martha made her look down on her sister. Martha missed it. She missed the fact that people are more important than preparation. See, Martha got it out of order. She thought the preparations were more important than the people. Ever do that? Ever do that at Christmas time? You know what I'm talking about, you've worked all morning slaving away, making all of the everything perfect, making all of the food, getting everybody around the table, and we all get there, and the food's hot, and everybody sits down, and we pray real fast, we pass the food, and we all are eating, and you're like jumping up, running for the dessert table, because why, because you got to get, everything's got to get done right, and it's like, no, 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 stop, you're missing the people. It's not about the preparations, it's about us being here in this moment, all here, face to face, together. It's a, not about the preparation, it's about the people. That's what Jesus cares about. And third, I would submit to you that Jesus cares about at this special season where he has decided to come near. His presence, not his presence. His presence. Jesus looks at Martha and he says, Martha, there's all these things you could be doing. Yes, there's a hundred distractions and preparations that you could be making right now, Martha. Yes, but there's only one thing in this moment, in this season where I've come near, Martha, there's only one thing that I require and that's necessary. And you're missing it. You're missing the fact that I'm here, that I'm here, that in this moment, I am present. And I believe that at this Christmas season, Jesus would challenge us the same way. Because see, it's possible to allow the distractions of Christmas to keep us Cause us to miss the one Who's sitting right next to us See I believe that in a season Like we're in today The Christmas season That God wants to come near That God has something Something uncommon Something unexpected Something supernatural Something miraculous For each and every one of us this year I believe that The truth is If we be honest with ourselves There's a whole bunch of us Who we love Christmas And that's great But there are a whole bunch more of us Who You're not fond of Christmas. You don't like the holidays. It's no coincidence that December is the number one suicide month of the entire year. Because for many of us, many of us today, Christmas is a time of year that doesn't bring up good memories. That only reminds us of of a bitterness in the past, of, of pain or loss or hurt or heartache from our past somewhere. And here's what I know. I know that right now, listening right where we are, There are a lot of us who this Christmas season need Jesus to be especially near. There's some of us today, and you need Jesus to be real near in your marriage. There's some of us today, you need Jesus to be real near in your relationship with your kids or with your grandkids. Some of us, we're we're listening today and we need Jesus to be extraordinarily near this Christmas season in the financial zones of our life. Some of us, it's on an emotional level. And this Christmas, we need Jesus to be near in our heart because you're dealing with pain. You're dealing with heart. This is Christmas. A season when Jesus said, "I want to come near." And here's what I believe. I believe that even today, you guys, he's here. That Jesus is here in this place, in this room. And he wants to touch us. So I invited the worship team to come back with me for just a few minutes because I believe that if you're here today and you need Jesus to be especially present in your life this Christmas season, he wants to touch you today. We serve a God, who's a God who does the uncommon, a God who does the unexpected, a God who does the supernatural. We serve a God who does the miraculous. And If you need a touch from God today, if you need God to be near, we're going to take the next few minutes and believe that Jesus will be near to us. All across this room, can we just bow our heads for a moment? Let's pray together. Jesus, we adore you. Jesus, in this moment, we invite you to be near. Jesus, in this moment, we close out the distractions. We shut down the to-do list, the preparations. In this moment, Jesus, we say, please be near. Lord, I pray for the wife who this morning is struggling because she feels so distant from her husband. I pray that you would be near in that marriage. I pray for the single dad who's here, who's needing a fresh start. Be near. I pray for the teenager who's here today who this entire Christmas season has just been fighting off feelings of depression, Lord, because they feel like all of the pain from their past is just just charging at them. Jesus, would you be near to that student today? Jesus, for the person who's here, who on an emotional level is just dying inside, would you come down and be near? Would you do the miraculous in their heart today? Jesus, for the person who's here today, who's, who's wrestling with a decision at this Christmas season, Lord, they need you to be near. And I, I pray that right now in this moment, you would give them clear vision. You would give them clear direction to know exactly what you have and the step you want them to take next. Be near. Jesus, be near. Jesus, we position ourselves. Across this room, let's just sing it out, right where we're seated. Oh come, let us adore. Oh come let us adore singing oh come let us adore him you know what the song doesn't say oh come let us be busy for him the song doesn't say oh come let us buy really expensive stuff for one another for him oh come let us make our house look incredibly amazingly festive for him the song doesn't say that you know what the simplicity of the song is Oh, come, let us acknowledge that in this Christmas season, there is a God who stepped out of heaven and came to earth to be near to us. And if we will simply adore him and worship him and aspire, uh, proclaim all of the glory and honor and praise to him and proclaim that he is the only worthy one in this season, that he is the one, not the distractions and preparations that deserve our attention if we will adore him he will come near to us that's what this song says don't miss it just because it's a traditional carol that we've sung a million and one times oh come let us close off the distractions let us push off the preparations for a moment and adore the king of kings and the lord of lords who is here with us today let's sing it again